water went up to her ankles, cold, dark, and loud. Without care, her steps would slosh, threatening to reveal her position to whatever lurked ahead. Crouching behind a rope-covered barrel, Nessica felt the floor gently move under her feet as the whole room creaked and groaned. She steadied herself against the wall and noticed a curve to the wood she didn't recall from the outside. Focusing, the briny scent of seawater filled her nostrils, followed by the damp, sharp bite of mildew and decay. Her long, pointed ears trained on the space beyond the crates and barrels that separated her from the presumed dangers within, yet only the languid moans of the beams and boards returned. Looking back for the window she climbed through, Essica found instead a small porthole no bigger than a barrow wheel. The environment appeared to her eyes in nothing but shades of grays and blacks, telling her that despite the pale twilight punctuated by bursts of industrial flame outside, inside this place there was no light source, natural or otherwise, to give color to her sight. Just darkness. She felt herself shiver once more as the cold soaked her boots and the water crept up her legs. With great intention, she methodically slid one foot forward, taking care not to break the surface and splash. The other followed, equally slow and steady. Using her left hand as a guide, she crept along the row of storage toward a door. Her right hand firmly gripped the dagger given to her by the gargoyle doctor called Hefor. As they rushed over to this place from his office across the bogs, the surgeon warned her about the illusions. The reality of whatever you encounter inside that shack will vary in its intensity. But no matter how vivid it seems, you must know it is not truly real. Not truly real, she repeated in her head as her hand closed on the rough edges of a rusty doorknob. The Dream Eater won't hesitate to consume the mind of an untainted human from the bright side. But she won't rush such a rare treat either. She'll want to savor it. As ominous as his warning was, Nessica hoped that meant she'd have time to save Tim from a horrendous psychic fate. She opened the door. Sunlight seared her eyes, bright, summer sun like none she'd ever seen. Her purple skin softly hissed and she pulled her cloak around her to shield herself as best she could. The sudden jerk of arm sent a stab of pain through her wounded back and she felt a sharp tug on the stitches and poultices holding her muscles and skin together. She squeezed her eyes tight, willing them to adjust to an ungodly amount of light, blinking several times as her pupils narrowed and she gazed upon a landscape as verdant as her emerald irises. An enormous building of stone walls and wood beams towered over her to the left, looking over a yard of neatly cut grass. Green grass, not the rusty oranges and browns of the moors between here and Crackenloth Ridge, but a lively, bright, rich green the green of living plants she'd never known, gorged on the rays of a sun she'd never seen. Several tall, proud horses grazed on this grass, the bright light shimmering off their coats. These weren't the beasts of burden Nessica was used to seeing, but creatures more akin to the enormous war horses mounted by the governors and their retinue. One of them lazily swatted at a fly with its tail as the muscles visibly twitched through its hindquarters. To her right, a smaller structure made of the same light gray stone and sturdy timber cast a long shadow from a thatched awning. Under the awning, a long trough filled with water from a rain barrel fixed to the far corner where roof and wall met. A dappled mare gave an abrupt snort as it trotted to the trough for a drink. When her eyes adjusted, Nessica was overcome with the simple beauty of the place, 
and felt herself drawn toward the powerful animal. She reached out her hand to pet it when she suddenly felt a heavy hand upon her shoulder. The strong, wrinkled grasp yanked her backwards with an oi! The wound on her back burned as she felt the thread of the stitching in each of its eyelets as she was spun around to come eye to eye with a red-faced human man with deep, sun-dried, wrinkly skin and a sour look on his face. Nessica stood shorter than most humans she'd encountered, but this old man was craning his neck slightly up at her, though his heavy, furrowed brow and wide, fixed shoulders made her feel like he was looking down at her. What do you think you're doing, eh? Showing up light. He bumped his chest with hers, the metal brooch of his black and white tunic digging into her sensitive skin through her battle-worn clothing. Out of uniform, he tugged on her cloak and scoffed in disgust before continuing. And disrespecting your unit, your countess, your emperor, disrespecting yourself, and most importantly, disrespecting me. As the man shouted her down, she couldn't help but shrink back on her heels, rounding her shoulders to protect herself. Why did she feel so bad about this? I, I'm sorry, who, who, who are you, what, what, what is this, quiet boy? You don't get to waste any more of the Empire's time until these stables are mucked out and spotless. The man shoved a pitchfork into her hand before she could otherwise react. Stables, what's happened? Move! I won't ask again. The order came with a sudden clap of thunder and the skies briefly darkened behind the man as if the bellowing voice commanded the clouds themselves. In an instant, the bright sun shone again, and Nessica started to sweat as she hurried into the smaller building to carry out the order. She couldn't disappoint Horsemaster Jace, not after everything he's done for her. Wait, Horsemaster who? What? The long, hanging door to the stables was already slid open as she rounded the corner to set to her labor. The smell was as vile as any in the black bogs, and the sight inside bore no resemblance to the regal outer facades. Wet, stinking, spent hay piled from floor to ceiling, mixed with mountains of dung of inhuman odor. As Nessica peered into the rows and rows of packed, putrid stalls, she couldn't find the back of the building. It just kept going. The room spun on its axis, and the smells of the stalls and the screams of the horse master bombarded her. Move it, boy! She dug the pitchfork into the nearest pile of filth, but when she tried to lift it, the weight overwhelmed her. She strained her muscles in her stitches as she leaned on the fork, but her efforts proved futile. It seemed as though the waste just continued to pile around her. Why? The horse master's voice hit her like a punch as she spun to face him. Stand at attention while I speak to you, boy. Shameful, just shameful. Attention, gods damn it. Our patrols just returned and they need their horses brushed and watered and tended today. The old man stepped aside, revealing at least a dozen war horses lined up behind him, splattered in mud and gore. They stomped their hooves and snorted, blowing snot and who knows what else from dirt-caked nostrils. The old man shoved a brush and pail in her arms without any consideration for her previous job, and the pitchfork fell aside, splashing in the water at her feet. When, when did the water come back? Nessica splashed to the shallow pool, gathering at her ankles to approach one of the imposing beasts, she had no idea what she was doing. She had a hard enough time with Budo, and that was a creature she was familiar with. Nonetheless, she felt compelled to prove to the old man that she could do the job. The closest horse reared and whinnied as if in pain, and its deadly hooves kicked in the air just inches from her face as she recoiled in fear. Boy! Why aren't these stables clean? She looked back at the stables, which at least weren't moving, but now the unclean straw was spilling out from the door into the yard. 
Clouds gathered in the strange blue sky as she stood between the horses and the stables. She reached into the water at her feet for the pitchfork but couldn't find it in the dark liquid. When she stood up, there somehow seemed to be more horses. These horses won't clean themselves, boy! The voice was disembodied now, filling her ears from all directions and filling her heart with shame and sadness. Her chest tightened as she struggled to complete her tasks. The water was rising higher as she sloshed through the yard. The green grass that moments ago had been a sight of beauty trampled under her feet as she trudged through the water, which now splashed against her waist. Her heart raced and her face felt hot, even as an icy chill spread from the rising tide. She was on her tiptoes, holding the tools above her head and bouncing along the bottom. The horses thrashed, churning a bloody mess, and the water did nothing to clean them. She had to get there. She can't let Jace down. Wood strained and stone splintered and a thunderous crash erupted behind her. She turned, now treading water, to see the roof of the stable erupt with horse excrement. The skies continued to darken as she did her best to swim over to the stable, but the pitchfork! She needed the pitchfork to do her job. She had to do a good job. She took a deep breath and dove beneath the surf to retrieve her tool. When she plunged beneath the waves... She felt as though she had been dropped from a much greater distance than a mere surface dive. The impact forced the air from her lungs and she gasped to hold back as much breath as she could before seawater filled her mouth. Above her, the bright foreign sun illuminated a shimmering circle of white light that faded into the blue-green water that surrounded her. Gazing up, Nessica identified a massive shape that obscured some of the light, but couldn't discern any more specific details. Was it the stable? What was happening? There wasn't time to puzzle this out. She had to focus on swimming to the surface. And when she kicked her legs and stretched her arms, she found them tied inside some sort of sack. Panic started to set in as her lungs burned. Despite every sensible part of herself telling her it was a terrible idea, she turned her head down, away from the light, toward a deep, endless darkness where there was once a green field. Her eyes adjusted and slowly the darker edges of the deep started to come into a semi-focused charcoal haze, like an amorphous bubble filled with a dense fog. Swirling in the haze, Jessica saw shapes, horrible shapes, filling her with an intense and magnificent dread. There seemed to be hundreds of these shadows swimming beneath her, awaiting her descent. Jessica strained against the sack, screaming in her mind for air, for help, for anything. Most of all, she begged for her magic. Three of the shadows erratically changed their paths, jerking and twisting unnaturally through the dark water to rise to her level. Though Nessica felt the ever-increasing pressure of the water around her, the shadows seemed to fly through the darkness, the last traces of the faraway sun giving the faintest edge to their ghastly form. Long, clawed hands reached toward her, and sunken, dead faces glared at her from the shadows as their frigid, razored fingers closed around her legs, pulling her deeper, she closed her eyes, stopped struggling, and thought her worst fear would be realized. Her uncle would be right.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Her eyes opened then, though she didn't recall willing them to. Nessica saw the underside of a dank, poorly maintained pitch roof. From her angle and distance, she was lying on her back. A small rectangular window set ajar on the wall to her left. A light, misty drizzle sped acid rain through the opening. She turned her head to the right and passed a mismatched bunch of barrels, shelves, and crates. A blue-purple mist drifted in through a V-shaped doorway. Absent-mindedly, Nessica's eyes followed a tendril of the glittering lavender haze as it lilted through the small room toward her immobile body. She felt a powerful fear creep over her as she inhaled the... Before she could exhale, a shape flashed in front of her. A shape she recognized, a friendly shape, but it couldn't be. She hadn't seen Alren since before the trial, and they were much older last they met than the young girl standing before her. I don't know about this, Ness said her childhood friend Alwyn's voice years ago and right then. We're gonna get in trouble. We'll be fine. I, I just want to know I'm right. The hike was supposed to be a lesson in endurance and survival. A six-league trek through the dense woods surrounding the temple grounds. Each tenth year must complete the journey without any use of teleportation, levitation, or flying of any kind. But Nessica had a theory. If she brought the end of the trail to them, they could simply walk through and turn twenty miles into twenty steps. Even if you could do it, it doesn't kind of defeat the purpose? Your uncle will be furious. If I pull this off, you think he'll be impressed? Even as she said the words, she knew them to be wishful thinking. Now shut up. I have to concentrate. She began the gestures and chants for the spell, but rather than focus on creating the fold in reality to teleport, or the force to fly, she focused her mind on the existing end of the trail rather than bend the cosmic powers of the universe to will a unique result into existence from nothing, she pulled and pushed the existing weave of stone and root and soil to change reality as it already is. She was doing it. She could feel the pathway appearing before her and the end of the trail waiting to be crossed. Oh, God's nest, you're doing it! Amazing! I can't believe this is going... Uh, oh, oh, no, uh, your excellency, it, it, it wasn't my idea! So sorry, Ness. Before her uncle could step out from the portal, Alren was gone. You didn't think I'd expect you to try a shortcut? You didn't even make it a mile, Nessica. I, I just moved the whole trailhead, and you, you can't abuse your power in such a way. You must learn. I must learn the way you say I must learn or else. Well, maybe I don't want that. I was right, wasn't I? The end of the trail? Everything is here already. Just because I didn't solve your clever puzzles with whimsical magical solutions, that doesn't mean I didn't succeed. How dare you? His voice rang with an intensity she didn't remember. And suddenly she felt very small. How dare you? The thing that looked like her uncle loomed over her and the world around them went dark while judgment burned down from his eyes. Everything you did to try to belong is what proved to me you deserve to be cast out. What? Why, why would you say that? 
You know it's true. You were never what you were supposed to be. The giant hand reached down and grabbed her by the ankles. This nightmare uncle cocked his arm back, readying itself to fling her like a child tosses a ball. That's why you have to go. She screamed as she sailed through the air, over the temple buildings and woods of her home, far to the north, far to the stinking refineries of the black bogs. Oof! She said aloud as she landed with a small splash on a hard, wet surface. She felt a pang of pain in her back and the stitches burned. Wait, the stitches? The stitches the doctor put in. The doctor said something. She couldn't remember. With a groan, she rolled over to her stomach and pressed herself up. A bright, warm light shone from far down some sort of corridor. She raised a hand to shield her eyes and in the distance saw a stone and timber building from earlier in this bizarre nightmare. Gone, however, was the overflowing waste from the stable and the endless stream of bloody warhorses. The old man was there, but, but at this distance he appeared to Nessica to be smiling. She smiled back. The chill wind hit her from behind. She turned away from the warm glow of the stable scene. Down the opposite end of the mysterious corridor she saw the deep, with its horrible shadows swirling in the opalescent onyx darkness. From the maw of doom a figure took form. Before she knew what she was doing, Nessica was running. As she grew closer, the figure became a man. No, not quite a man. A human. A boy. Tim! His wavy hair was matted to his head, drenched in sweat, his complexion paler than usual. Much paler. He pumped his arms and churned his legs as if sprinting at full speed, yet he wasn't moving. Her eyes followed his and she saw that he was fixated on the far-off scene of the stable, trying with everything he has to get there, but stuck in the painful realization that he'll never make it. Oh, Tim, she thought, you're so far from home. How did a boy from a place like that end up here? He came here after the doctor, she heard herself think somewhere. He took you to the doctor to heal your wound. Right, her wound, the slash on her back that, ah! She suddenly felt the pain of a pop stitch and the cool wetness of gently bleeding. The doctor told you something. He told you to watch out for illusions. Nessica blinked hard, then blinked again. When she opened her eyes, she saw that she was still inside the terrible corridor, but she saw what was holding Tim back. A twisting, constricting tail that coiled around Tim's waist and stretched into the dark void at the bad end of the corridor. It was covered in hard, lavender-colored scales. A sharp rattle sound filled her ears, followed by a long hiss. Nessica's mind began to put itself back together. She felt an intense weight inside her from the nightmarish illusions, but she needed to push that aside to help Tim. If she can get him out of here, they can meet with the doctor, get patched up, and return to their quest. He was the best chance she had to get home and earn her uncle's respect. Nessica grabbed at the coil of scales and dug her fingers into any crease in the rope-like trap, yet the scales squeezed him tighter. There's no way a heroic quest with a man from a different realm doesn't turn heads back at the temple. There had to be a way. She grabbed Tim around the shoulders and pulled, but the boy didn't budge. Oh, come on, Tim. We need uh, to get out of here. She grunted as she slipped on the watery floor. The hiss and the rattle grew louder. I can't go home, Tim faintly gasped through dry, chapped lists. I want to go home. Exhausted and bruised, something still drove Tim to try to run toward the vision of the stable. His face was streaked with tears and sweat. 
and his eyes sunk back in his usually bright face. This was not the laughing idiot who healed her horse and offered to join her party. This wasn't the man who carried her away from a deadly beast after she rushed in without thinking. She desperately stabbed her dagger into the tail, hoping to wedge him free, but the mundane metal bounced off the scales as if she had stabbed a boulder. How is he cheap, doctor? How is she going to get out of here? How is she going to prove herself if she can't free Tim? The rattling grew louder, and another sound pierced the air, something that chilled Nessica more than the cold water around her ankles. A shrill, mocking laughter rose from the darkness beyond Tim. And when Nessica found the courage to look toward the sound, she saw two gleaming red eyes staring back at her. Now isn't this just my lucky day? A cold, distant voice hissed from behind the eyes. I'll admit, you slept past me at first, you sneaky little elf. Quite sneaky indeed. Found your way into this one's nightmares. They are strong, aren't they? So clean and pure. I never had a bright cider before. And oh my, is he delicious. I can see why you want him for yourself. Nessica kept her eyes fixed on the glowing red orbs she tried to back away. The pressure inside her chest grew as her heart thumped against her ribs. Her throat felt tight and sweat beaded on her forehead. But you... The last word came with a flash of movement, so fast it could have been a teleport. In an instant, Nessica was coiled by the same disgusting, constricting tail wrapped around Tim. Squeezed her legs, winding methodically around her body. A hulking reptilian loomed over her with the same intensity she felt from her not-uncle moments before. Lean muscles moved under plate-like scales as a slender, long torso rose from a deadly, lengthy tail that split into multiple ends. One of them, Nessica could clearly see now, was wrapped around Tim, holding him back from reaching his home. Another now grabbed her, and with each coil pulled tighter. She felt it in her hips now, the pressure straining her bones and bruising her muscles. You, little one, have plenty of fears of your own. Humans are so fragile, even as special as this one is. I'll be through with him soon. He'll be wrung out with nothing left inside but madness. It will consume him. He'll starve, unable to conceive of food or water or eventually even breathing. He'll experience nothing but fear until his soft, squishy body ceases to function. But you, you're made of stronger stuff. I can feel it inside you. This legacy you're so worried about. So fearful you won't measure up. Oh, it's so ridiculous. The dream eater laughed again, exposing long, razor-sharp fangs in a reptilian horror show of a mouth. Stinking thick saliva dripped off the rows and rows of terrible teeth. The creature ran the back of a scimitar-like claw against Nessica's cheek. Young ones are always the sweetest. Like what this being would call candy. You have so much fear inside of you, but you don't even know what real fear is, yet. The thing brought its face close to Nessica's and stretched its claws wide over her head. Let me show you. As the claws closed on her face, the coils had reached up to enclose her body and... Ah! Nessica yelped in pain. The pressure on the wound on her back was incredible and the pain as the scales dug into the stitches snapped her into a moment of vivid clarity. 
For an instant, the mysterious corridor was gone, and Nessica found herself slammed against a dingy wall in a cluttered shack full of discarded refinery ephemera. The creature still gripped her, and the claws glowed with the same lavender shimmer as the mist that coated the floor of the shabby abode. Tim lay wrapped in the monster's tail on the ground engulfed by the smoke, his sword frustratingly close to his immobile arms. Nessica wondered if he even had a moment to get a swing in before the creature unwrapped his mind and body. That would have done any good, the thing would surely have just been as worthless as her dagger. The dream eater hissed again and twisted his scaly lips into a monstrous smile as it pressed closer to Nessica's face. Didn't seem to notice the illusion was dropped. The pain in her back was too real and specific, too tied to the real world the very real carrion lion that slashed her. Wait, Tim's sword cut the carrion lion. It actually cut the carrion lion. That's it, yes! It's that smile about, little one. You'll have nothing to smile about soon. Jessica focused. She focused on the pain in her back that grounded her here in the real world. She focused on the sword lying there on the floor next to Tim. She focused on Tim, how she needed to help him. As her thoughts swirled and she worked to form them into the magic needed to move the sword, she didn't think about her exile or the anxiety of what her family and friends think of her. She didn't think about her uncle. She only thought about Tim and about he, how he needed her, how he was counting on her. They're a team, and they can only succeed together. She needed him too, and not just for the quest. She realized that now. She wants him around. She wants to ask him about the old man in the sunny field of grass. She wants to know about the eagle emblem on his sword and the old man's brooch. She wants to know why he likes horses when they were just dumb, smelly things. She wants to get to know him more. And to do that, she needed to move the sword, and she had to do it now. She felt the monster's hot breath against her face as the fangs tickled the surface of her skin. She knew this thing was toying with her. She remembered the doctor saying how it liked to savor its meals. Let her. That's fine. Take your time. She had to focus. The sword, that old, simple-looking sword that Tim said was standard issue, twitched just slightly, but remained resting on the rotting floorboards. Focus. This short sword was a fraction of a fraction of the size and complexity of an entire trailhead, and yet this was harder than any spell she could remember casting. Whatever curse her uncle put on her in exile fought against her in every instant, tried to block her from accessing the magical connection between the sword and the space she wanted it to occupy. But she couldn't let that happen, not this time, not if she was going to save Tim. The sword slid a few inches and Nessica's eyes darted towards her progress. Oh, he can't save you, little one. This mind is barely there now, I'm sure, wrapped up in as much of his own dread as my tail. On that line, the monster squeezed Nessica tighter and laughed. She dug her claws into Nessica, and the elf screamed, but stayed focused. She stared now at the sword, willing it with everything she had. You can stare all you want, but no help is coming. Her gaze was fixed. The blade tip rose, angled toward them. What's that look about? The small sound of metal tinking against wood as the hilt bobbled off the floor. Stop, stop that! Look at me! Pommel, with the eagle emblem she wants to ask him about, turned just so. What are you staring at? The monster turned, and the standard-issue Talon Infantry shortsword flew across the room with the speed of an arrow, impaling the Dream Eater right between the ruby eyes. It allowed out a soft hiss, and the tension coiling around Nessica slackened. The lavender haze dissipated, 
and Essica blinked away the rosy fuzz of illusions. That's what I was staring at, bitch. Nesca yanked Tim's sword from the dead monster's head with a groan and a squish. With her other hand, she checked her back, pulling back bloody fingers. Hope the doc can fix those stitches. She rushed to Tim, whose body was still wrapped in a limp monster tail. She pulled him from the coils. Tim! Tim! Snap out of it! It's over now! She smacked him lightly a couple of times as his eyes fluttered in semi-consciousness. Come on, Tim, we gotta get out of here. We, we can't stay, and, and I, I can't carry you. Uh, uh, his mutters turned to wails and turned to soft sobs as he collapsed into Nessica. She wrapped her arms around him and held him for a moment. I know. I know. It's, it's okay. It's over now. Let's get out of here. Tim woke with the soreness and fatigue of bad sleep, but it was sleep nonetheless. He yawned, rolled over, and rubbed his eyes. The embers of a small campfire crackled next to him as he shifted on a rough bedroll. Hazy memories of nightmares unlike any Tim had ever knew plagued him as he oriented himself. Past the campfire, a thicket of gnarled, twisted branches semi-obscured the refineries of the black bogs in the distance. So that part wasn't a dream anyway. He was still stuck in the Shadowfell. Oh, this is certainly an adventure. Evil snake monsters and shady characters not to be trusted. If Tim ever sees that refinery worker again, he'll get a piece of his mind, that's for sure. Tim rolled onto his stomach and lifted himself up, but felt horribly dizzy once he stood. Too dizzy. Oh no, was all he could say before he heaved a vile spew of sick into the fire. Oh good, you're up, Nessica said to his side as she placed a comforting hand on his back. You'll be fine. Doc gave you something to sleep. Tim managed to gasp, thanks, as he spit the last of the vomit from his mouth. He took the water skin she offered and sloshed a mouthful around, cleaning the taste as best he could. Uh, I appreciate it. Ah! Tim looked up to see the hulking stone form of the doctor behind Nessica. The rows of tiny sharp teeth stretched into a smile under the long hooked nose. Uh, so sorry, I, I just didn't expect to see you there. The draft was a temporary solution, the doctor intoned. You'll need something more permanent if you mean to deal with the nightmares more effectively. Your companion has made a deal, and I will aid you in creating a specific potion. But to do so, we'll need an ingredient from your home realm, Brightsider. No. Tim shook his head. No, no, I, I can't go back without the Stormtail bow. E even if I knew how. He paused and stared off into the tangles of dark, burned-out trees. I don't know if I could go home at all anymore. Not going home, dummy. If you got back to your realm, why would you even return at all? Think about it, huh? Anyway, the doc has a lead. I heard rumors about another brightsider in the area. There was chatter among the traders passing through the brogs that a powerful elven magic user was seen heading into this very forest. They were asking questions about a mysterious item unlike any the traders had ever heard of. Tim's eyes lit up and he stood straighter. The bow! There's someone else after it! He grabbed random items about their camp with haste. Nessica, we have to go! We have to hurry! Slow down, Tim. We'll, we'll, we'll go! 
But take it easy. We just went through a lot, and it wasn't a simple task for the doc to get us out of town without more trouble. We need to find this elf and, and get you your medicine, or else you won't be able to function here at all. Frustration boiled inside Tim. Every step of this horrendous journey had been backwards. It wasn't supposed to be like this at all. All his life he heard tales of adventure and heroism. He dreamed of his own quests and stories. He finally set out to do them for himself, and this is what he gets? Cast into a shit realm to have shit nightmares and be sent on shit side quests? Fine, he sighed. Fine. We'll find this elf for whatever good it'll do. Maybe at the very least it'll get me closer to home, bow or not. Can't wait to get out of here. Hung his head and dramatically tossed gear into the cart. Remember our deal, he heard the doctor say to Nessica as he haphazardly packed. Look for me in Kranzabornar. There's little doubt your road will pass through the western gate eventually. Nessica shuddered. Uh, I hope not. But you're probably right. Thank you, doctor. I won't forget what I promised. I believe you. This is your road, Miss Nairis. It may seem impossible in this place, but it's time you stepped out from the shadow. Tim saw Nessica look at the doctor with a curious face, like she was trying to figure something out. Remember to keep your stitches as clean as you can. An infection is not a monster to be defeated with a sword. Even a magic one. The doctor closed up a case after handing a bundle of bandages to Nessica. This is where I leave you for now. Karzan Bonar. I'll be at the castle. Near the roof? Is that a gargoyle joke? I mean, if you're just going to open the door like that. The doctor chuckled. Goodbye, Miss Nairis. And farewell, Bratzadder. And the doctor left, taking the small trail away from the forest and away from the black bogs, off toward their future meeting. He was a gargoyle? Yeah, but they clipped his wings. I'll tell you on the way. Now grab my bedroll, too. I'm not supposed to lift things like supplies or stupid, captured, half-conscious boys. Tim chuckled and obliged. He helped her onto the bed of the cart and eased himself into the driver's seat. Onward, guard. To the next disaster. Tim snapped the reins and Budo plodded into the forest. Yes. When did you get a magic sword? Did you find it in the snake's den? In a manner of speaking... She was quiet for a minute. Tim yawned and looked up at the gray-brown sunless sky, then at the dark woods before him. He wondered what was in front of them. This mysterious elf. Strange place the doctor called the Western Gate. The bow. Somewhere out there. So many unknowns. So many questions he longed for answers to. He missed the feeling of knowing, the comfort of the familiar. But then he felt Nessica's head lean against his back. He could feel her shoulders rise and fall with easy, relaxed breaths. She was an unknown that didn't bother him. A mystery he wanted to solve, more and more, with each scrape with death. He relaxed as she nuzzled into him to rest while he guided Budo along the path. <sighs> she yawned. Tell me about Horsemaster Jace. Tell me about your home.
D&D and D&D is a Moorpark Media podcast and a Spotify preferred partner. Written and edited by me, James Gressel. D&D and D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Bradloff, and Mike Sagan.